0: Shafee, Shafey, are you there? Boys like Mexico! Yeah!
1: Well, well, well. Here we are sailing away again. Smooth sounds. The theme song letting you know. Once again, for one magical hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. My name is Schaefer Hall, coming into you from East Austin, where there are zero birds on the bird feeder because it is the night. You know what that means? Uh, things might get a little loose, things might get a little sloppy, but don't get too sloppy. Because we got a a guest for you tonight. We're doing an interview, as promised, with Lauren Marks. But uh, before we get to that, first, as you know, we got to welcome the man who was born to podcast. Maybe I was just born to podcast. He's got. Mandibles also open like the Predator. Mandibles that open like the Predator his name is Matthew rampy and he's right here
0: I don't need dollar bills to have fun tonight I love cheap podcasts hey <laughs> Shafie hey how are
1: you, hey, how are you?
0: <laughs> good I'm a little uh, I'm a little worn out I'm a little whipped from Why is all that? well I've been doing all this uh, shameless self-promotion <laughs> shameless self-promotion got me open got me token. Uh, it's, uh, it's hard
1: out here for a pod. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tolkien or toking? Tolkien? Tolkien. Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 a little guy with hairy feet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll, I, I, I guess those, I, 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 I'm like Led Zeppelin. I want to, I want to get Tolkien references in every chance I get. Basically, Those guys,
1: those guys also do some token though. Wouldn't you say? Oh, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> At minimum,
1: we are def- uh, uh, going back to your uh, to your opening line. We, we are definitely the cheapest podcast in town, and I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: It was a it's a Rihanna track.
1: Oh, I like the, I Like the sound of that. Yeah,
0: um, I'm I'm having a tough time because of all the high pressure. We we, we are on the port side of a hurricane and it is October and we are being subjected to
1: high temps, high humidity, high pressure. And humid outside, and that just ain't right. Matthew, I saw fireflies in the empty lot across my street last night. That was, that's, that, whatever it was, October 8th, October 9th, whatever it was last night. That's, you're not supposed to see fireflies.
0: It's decorative gourd season, Chafee. Uh, you know, and I went for a swim today. <laughs> so everything's higgledy-piggledy. 2020 continues unabated. Where'd you go swimming? Uh, just at a, a local watering hole. Uh, just,
1: just,
0: in, a- just in someone's backyard.
1: Oh, okay. As
0: in a pool. In a pool. Yeah. Gotcha. A a, con- uh, a cement pond. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shafee, I was... A wet, know, I was, a, I was, a wet
1: skateboarding bowl. Yeah,
0: I was doing some. That's what I am going to call it from now on. And that's, <laughs> I, and I expect everyone in one magical nation to do the same. <laughs> do the same. A wet skateboarding bowl.
1: I like where we're going. Dr- I, I like to call it a drowned skateboarding. We've bowl. we've accomplished something here today. I, mean, I can't, I can't, couldn't be more proud. Well, I mean you
0: you should and but pride comes before a fall uh, so um, I I have been doing uh, I have been trying a little self-promotion of the podcast and I joined a, a podcasting community on the Facebooks and I was doing a little deep dive into some of the community members podcasts and whatnot and uh, I saw an ad on Spotify for the Michelle Obama podcast. Ooh. I wonder what her numbers are
1: going to look like. <laughs> I bet I so, bet she pulls them in. Something tells me really.
0: Something tells me she's not running the numbers on her cast. That something tells me she comes in and the numbers are right. I bet she's all about
1: all about community too, just like us. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it if there was some cross promotion. At community, some point. community communication.
0: I I don't yeah, I I wonder how much comedy com- is involved with her cast. Comfort. I bet there's a little comedy. There's probably comedy I'm community Maybe communication all- comfort, but I
1: don't know about comedy coming from Maybe we could offer our services. Maybe we could say uh, Mrs. former Mrs. Uh, First Lady we uh we we know that you know just like everybody knows that it's not 2 Cs, it's 3 Cs and uh you know we could provide our services in getting that third c you know up to up to par for you what do you think oh like we could be michelle
0: obama's like uh, clown princes <laughs> we, could <be> the,
1: <laughs> we could be the third c for it. yeah sure
0: we could be michelle obama's
1: clown princes I, I, is
0: a is a sentence that's probably never been
1: uttered uh, you and I aren't going to get much better than that. Let's be honest. Oh, that would be a dream come true. That would be, <laughs> that, would be that would be so
0: gorgeous. Listen, I feel like this. I I, I want to come clean here. This is all a sham. Schaefer was trying to pull this off as, as as if this was some kind of continuity thing and I meant to, I meant to talk to you about this before we started recording but this is not the night <laughs> what 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 had happened was we sat down last night to do our show and our intent was to do this little hamable intro ham scrammable intro right and then we were just gonna get on the the recording with, with Lauren through a, a video chat and through a, an ISDN line, she was just going to jump on at the, at the decided hour, but we were having some technical difficulties and we were not able to use our traditional recording methods suddenly because of their failure that platforms failure and it's been, we didn't panic but then the time came that it, lauren jumped on the video chat and we just went ahead, we decided we had to go ahead and do the interview so the interview's in the can but we're gonna cut to that momentarily here i listen i wanted to come clean because i feel like there's a level of trust between us and our our listenership
1: and you're right. Yeah. For, yeah, we would not want to compromise that. Choice.
0: Schaefer was doing the right thing in that he wants continuity. But this is I, this is when I was a kid, I used to tell myself all the time. I was like so bad about <laughs> about, about uh, doing a little chicanery. So uh, I also wanted to offer some um, some mea culpas from the interview. Um, I sound like I'm in a Pringles can for this interview. And the listenership will probably notice a slight difference in audio quality in that we ended up just recording it through the video chat service, so. Yeah, we had
1: to use a separate recording software for the interview than for uh, the introduction. So it might not be up to the high, high, high standards to which you hold one magical hour, but I know one magical nation will forgive us uh, they're they're here they're here for the content they're here for the well and communication if, the comedy and the comf- and the comfort so
0: and if if it weren't for quality those, does
1: not start with the letter C no, my friend no if it
0: weren't for that discrepancy too like we could have played it off but then we're gonna go and now our interview with Lauren Marks and it's gonna be like <laughs> Lauren.
1: Tasmanian, Tasmanian Devil mating mating season. But I can also say, going into this
0: this next segment of our show, that it's you're going to enjoy it. We had a delightful talk before. And uh, I'm looking forward... Have you listened to it? Did you listen to it? I have not listened to it yet. I listened to about 30 minutes of it uh, when I got home last night. It's good. It's she's so engaging
1: one magical nation we did the uh we did the full mark Maron deep dive with uh, with uh miss marks it was really it was lots of fun so
0: we, so you've probably seen on your little podcasting app that this one's a little longer and um just hang in there hang in there for the quiz at the end it's a lot
1: of fun so old travis is gonna have to split it up into a to a couple of uh a couple of commutes. Uh, I'd like to welcome new listeners, Kat and Jeff. Uh, Kat and Jeff are are coming in from, I want to say Tyler, Texas, but I'm not sure. And uh, Jeff recommended us to a friend of his out in Portland, whose name I don't know. But welcome, welcome all three of you to One Magical Nation. We're really excited to have you.
0: Here at One Magical Nation, we like to strike hard, we like to strike first.
1: (laughs) Oh, <laughs> well, that's a little servicing for the uh, for the Cobra Kai fans out there. I wanted to. Well, we
0: started Matthew. we started reviewing that show when I had first started watching it. I'm I'm on to season two, episode six, and I'm still giving it seven avocados, seven and a half avocados. It's almost perfect.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I. I I give it most of the avocados, too. Are,
0: are you all the way through it?
1: I am, yeah. Oh, I'm just savoring it like a
0: Toblerone. You... <laughs> I'm just breaking off a
1: little chunk at a time. I wish I wish I could do that. That's just... That's not in my nature, I'm afraid. Savoring it like a Toblerone. <laughs> I wanted to note... Well, first, we just noted the fact that this is episode 24 of One Magical Hour, which really makes this one magical day
0: we've been together a day
1: so I wanted to uh, take a look at some metrics here we are currently at 1241 all-time downloads and I wanted to take you back to I think this is from this is from around episode eight I believe Uh, I pulled this uh, bit of tape here take a take a quick listen what was the number when i texted you uh, 23 that's what i thought how about 37 all-time downloads
0: what okay.
1: wow wow that's, wow <laughs> Woo. 37 all-time downloads folks
0: like i was genuinely stoked about that
1: i was too 100 percent
0: now here we are and now i'm I'm feverishly uh, disgruntled about 1200 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh how things change and you know who we couldn't have done it without we couldn't have done it without one magical nation so thank you guys for each and every one of those downloads we appreciate it thanks for uh, keep, listening keep telling your friends uh, review us wherever you where, wherever find podcasts are found and uh, get ready here for Lauren Marks, a great old friend, a best-selling author, uh, she's about to she's about to drop drop a big story on you guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let her do it in her own words because she's a very well-spoken lady. Oh, it was also it was in the evening, so we were drinking, and we did some drinking. We, we addressed that right away. We, we love you guys. Love love you indeed, and uh, enjoy the interview. On. See you on, see you on episode twenty five. Uh, what are you? Uh,
0: what are you sipping on over there, Lauren?
2: <laughs> um, it's pretty busted, man. I'm not sure I want to tell you.
0: <laughs> is it is white, white claw?
2: claw? It is not a white claw, but it may be <laughs> an improvement. I mean, it's just like some minute-made lemonade. And some Jack Daniels
1: <laughs> just nice.
2: pour, pour it over that.
1: <laughs> that is so much cooler than white claw.
2: I I would like to believe that, sure.
1: But um, because we
2: have a whiskey, we have a whiskey history together, so it felt inappropriate to have anything but something yes. with whiskey.
0: Oh, wait, you and Schaefer have a whiskey history together? <laughs> wait, first I first I would like to welcome our guest, Lauren Marks.
2: <laughs> Hi. Um,
0: She's on the West Coast today. Whatever time you're listening to this podcast, she's on the West Coast and we are in central time. So we're enjoying some time difference just to start start the interview. Um, Time is a flat circle. Lauren's (laughs) having like a happy hour.
2: Are, are we not all? I was t- well, I, I was encouraged.
0: No, 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 no. Well, but Schaefer, but it's it's like seven thirty for you, and it's nine thirty for us. So we're like maybe getting thrown out of the bar level. <laughs> You're just starting. No, no. We all listen. No, we've. We're. I think we're all on our like first or second cocktail. Am I right? Nice Matthew and
1: I. Matthew and I are two waiters who just got off work. <laughs> Which, I've been,
0: uh... Yeah, I've been serving my family all day
1: and if i know Uh, lauren she's she's always down to drink on a saturday night with two waiters just off work
2: (laughs) yeah what 20 years ago
1: (laughs) so
0: (laughs) you guys have known each other for a long time where where did y'all where did y'all meet again for the listener i already (laughs) asked schaefer i've already done all my homework but for the listener where did y'all meet
2: well, it wasn't at the liar, right? It was through Rachel Schuchert, was it originally? I feel like I
1: knew you before the liar even opened. Maybe. But I, I couldn't tell you where you and I first met.
2: Me neither, actually. Really. It, is,
1: it is, certain to be through Rachel Schuchert somehow, but yeah. uh,
2: uh,
1: Those <laughs> those early days, yeah. man, they're hazy.
2: They're very, very <laughs> hazy. Oh, great! <that's> right. <laughs> and perhaps okay. why there is the whiskey history. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, and
1: not I, all of us suffered uh, andurism. life-threatening aneurysms, so... Uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, only one of us has official brain damage here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Lauren, it's been interesting getting to uh, know about your story through... Uh, well, I asked Schaefer if I could borrow your book, and he basically handed me the crib notes.
2: Uh, <laughs>
0: he, he sent me to the link on your website that's got all your, like... Um, media blitz um, you know you've been on some podcasts already talking about the book and the experience um, I, I think we should get it out of the way for our listeners to just talk a little bit about uh, your experience having an aneurysm burst in your head when you were 27 in Scotland you were singing karaoke it was a total eclipse of the heart
2: wow you really did your you is that right yeah, that's 100% true.
1: Matthew is really I mean, the, Matthew never forgets a karaoke detail. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's. A, Thanks.
0: It's a dazzling deet. And there's that whole, you were on that, you were on, <laughs> wait, you were on that podcast from uh, uh, with Helen Saltzman yeah 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 um what's the
2: illusionist illusionist, the illusionist which
0: by the way I, I I'm new in the podcasting realm like yeah. I'm no, I know I'm co-hosting one but like it's not an air it's not a space I often played in and so, you wouldn't know it would you so like I'm learning about it and i I don't know i that's been the best podcast I've listened to and that that the was illusionist
1: a great, is definitely one of my favorites that studios. was a
0: great interview um um
2: yeah, I I'm a big fan. I believe it or not, I uh, obviously I like language things, and that podcast is about language. And I would listen to that podcast uh, when I lived in London. My husband and I were living in London for four years, and this podcast started talking about my neighborhood, like like very specific details of my neighborhood, and I was like, "We neighbors?" Like. <laughs> Yeah, like do we live like two blocks away from each other? So I just, I emailed Helen Zaltzman. I was like, listen, I don't know. Maybe you've already done about aphasia. Like maybe you're not interested. At the time I was, um, uh, working in the voluntary capacity at an aphasia center, uh, in London. And I will explain what that is because that seems confusing to a lot of people I know. Um, but because this podcast brought us all together uh, I just emailed her and I was like, I just, you know, you're interested. I have this thing, you know, and I think we're neighbors. Do you live in crystal palace? (laughs) Uh, And she had actually just moved out of crystal palace and, and years, years, a year and a half, at least later, we, we met each other to do an interview in Los Angeles. Like we both had moved out, not even of, that town that we were neighbors in but like the entire continent we shared (laughs) and had an interview in uh in Los Angeles and I will say that that was truly her her husband um is an incredible musician and I after I listened to it and I was like well no one's ever going to make a movie about this like this this is this is a superior product like this is the best possible rendering of something outside of my book so that's that.
0: You you approached her to be on that podcast.
2: I actually did not uh, want to be on the podcast. I wanted to talk to her about aphasia and I thought she might uh. want to come to the aphasia center. And um, I mean I might have mentioned something about I mean I must have mentioned something about why I worked in an aphasia center. <laughs> but so yes, back back in time, twenty-seven, ruptured brain aneurysm, very unexpected. Yes, I was singing that song. I I've had often thought like, what if I had died doing that, and everyone had to tell each other at the gravesite like what I was doing? I just felt like it'd be a very sniggering kind of funeral. Like everyone's like, "Oh my god, you were singing what?"
0: No, dude, no, that would be so epic. Like, <laughs> you,
1: I, I, I you, that's like dying, I think, that's like I, dying on Mount Everest. I think
0: you missed your chance because that was also at 27 where all the famous rockers died. Like that was your chance for immortality right there. You really so screwed this close. one up, Lauren.
2: So close. Oh. This
0: this your afterlife with your with your <laughs> with your successful book and your beautiful family. Th- this is the compromise.
2: I, I I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, sorry, uh, fair I,
0: enough.
2: Sorry, yeah. I didn't go out like Janice, but um, no, I, I I didn't. You probably haven't read the book yet, but I actually. actually I said I didn't.
0: I, Schaefer didn't give it to me. He just gave me the crib notes.
2: <laughs> crib notes are fine. It, it means uh, we can have a, a more back and forth about it as opposed to asking oh, specific questions. I prefer yeah. that, anyways, but um, yeah. I, he. it was being recorded because we were doing this karaoke competition. And uh, so I saw it later. I saw the moment an aneurysm brain. So that was a, uh, that was very, very strange. Wow. Like the biggest change of your life recorded on video is, is strange. But I, I think, you know, because we're such a photographed, Um, moment because all of the cameras and all of our phones and all the all the ring centrals well no the TikToks everything it's like I think this must be happening a lot more often that someone's most uh, pivotal moment of their life is captured somehow but um, for me it was was very strange to revisit uh, because it was not it was actually really not um, impressive like there was nothing I mean, the song of course is great, obviously, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, but like wait, I was had just- you,
0: Wait, had you gotten through much of the song?
2: I think it was like two thirds through the song. Okay. The, the recording didn't have everything on it. It was just a, a snippet, but it, it was it was really strange to see that there was no warning. You know, I thought, I, I thought when I watched it, I would see like, oh, of course I was sick. I didn't realize that, or there's my towel. Like I was just singing and smiling. Uh, and then I, then I was not, you know, then I was like slipped off my friend's hand and uh, you know, we were like arm in arm singing that duet. And then like, I slipped to the floor and like, it was, it was like not, it it was so in so many ways anticlimactic, you know, I thought I was going to learn something, but it was just like, I was alive and then I was almost dead, you know, it was very weird.
0: And so the most interesting part of the crib notes, (laughs) <laughs> to me uh, uh, is about the quiet mm. or what what you call the quiet. Um,
2: yeah, well, aphasia is an acquired language disorder, which means you can't be born with it. Um, so you you build up, you know there are when when kids have this and sometimes they still call it, um childhood aphasia but some people won't even do that because you are still in the process of growing and that means you can have different compensatory strategies but what happens when you have it as as an adult you've been li- living a certain kind of life and language has formed it you know in, in so many ways and then one day the bottom falls out and and i now know because i i've worked with lots of other people with aphasia that it doesn't manifest in everybody's uh, brains the same way because it's a flood in your brain it's like where the floodplain touches mm. but like speech um like speaking reading writing can all be affected um hearing for some people um but for me speaking reading and writing were all deeply affected i mean i had to start a lot of that stuff i i don't want to misrepresent it i want to say from ground zero i mean i didn't relearn everything some things would just come back but I had about 50 working words in my vocabulary after after the um, ruptured aneurysm. And the quiet, um, oh, this is, I really should have had more drinks before I got here. Because I don't, I, I'm so far from it right now with having two young kids. Like, it is constant, like, carrot and stick and, like, parenting through all of these moments. <laughs> but you know, when I woke out without language, it wasn't just the external language that was gone. It was the internal language was gone too. So that voice you wake up with every morning, it's like, oh, oh, get to your, get to the coffee maker. Uh, you know, don't forget the shower. Uh, uh, mine's is- like,
0: mine's always like, wake me up before you go, go, leave <laughs> me hanging on like a yo-yo. And if I don't hear that, like I don't wake up. I wish... <laughs>
2: that that's how that's your internal monologue wham
0: every well it's always a pop song <laughs> it's always a, it's always a pop song and usually one that i don't want but
1: honestly no. honestly i have uh, no
2: idea wow i'm honest, i'm very interested matthew very <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> honestly matthew probably does wake up like that at certain times but uh it's a weird thing i don't know you and i've talked about this before uh particularly you know uh, we've talked about you know the symbols of words and being a poet and I, I think I've expressed this to you before it sounds weird uh but to me that I'm sure I'm jealous of your journey in a certain way because like you said before language kind of defines and creates your whole person and to be able to have a whole kinda, world kind of reassess that for a you know for a little while uh must be well it's an unrepeatable experience or, you know something that nobody could ever understand you know but you and the other folks who have gone through it but <laughs> i think at this particular moment in our history waking up without an internal monologue sounds good to everybody
0: For well real. and and that was that was detailed in some of the crib notes how like you, you it was quiet and you didn't really know that there was anything wrong is that
2: did i it understand was hard, that no right? I, I knew that there was something different, but I didn't know what was missing. I didn't know, oh, like I've lost words because this is a this is a very treacherous territory. Like it, if you were at like certain conferences, like this would go to 50 cups. you know. Um, we're not at a conference here. This is not a, this <laughs> are
0: is we, not a are conference. Are we not?
2: This is not a <laughs> conference. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's fascinating because even in my own experience, I've had to make room for other Person's journeys, and and had to believe that maybe uh, even my own assessment of myself was, you know, limited. You know that the the way I, the way I understood the condition was, I thought everybody who had a facie, um woke up with the quiet, and I thought everybody was in this little Zen moment because I thought everybody had this inability to have negative self talk. I thought everybody was going to have a hard time reflecting on their past or um, imagining a future. That those are all things that I experienced in the hospital, which is a great way to wake up in a hospital. You're not like, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do? How are we going to get through this? Like, I didn't have any of that. So, in the moments when I was being assessed by a speech therapist or someone was asking me to do something and that might have been hard. Those were very fleeting, ephemeral moments. It was like, oh, you know, it it just, it it may have been frustrating for a moment, but it really just passed. So I just didn't know that it was a big problem. I didn't know what I didn't know. So basically with the the course of the the, um, diagnosis, it was basically, I only knew that something was wrong when something would come back. And I was like, what? Hmm. Like, I I, I, like I, 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 I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't You're like, me. who's president? <laughs> no, that was so funny because they actually did ask me, who's the prime minister? Who was like. Oh no. Oh.
0: Mar- Margaret Thatcher?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think they wanted me to say. Uh, it was Gordon, Churchill? Gordon Brown at the time. But I, was, <laughs> I think I, I, think I might have eked out or thought I did not Blair. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Stick it it, to
0: those Tories. (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know if I got those political parties right.
2: (laughs) Well, I just really, I'm just saying that that is a great place to be. If you are waking up with a life-changing diagnosis, not being able to worry about it in real time uh, and right away, is great like that that's that's great when i read
0: that i feel like i've had like a vague fear of of an episode like that you know in my life you think oh what if that happens but then but like the way your body and the way reality bends and you're able to deal with that like don't you think that's sort of a miracle
2: i think it's amazing but i but then i said i then met I mean, it changed the way I was writing the book when I was working in this aphasia center in London, and I realized that that was not what happened to everybody.
0: Well, let me ask so, you uh, this: so, what what other condition or what other episodes can bring on aphasia?
2: Well, I mean, aphasia is uh, in my case was a CVA, so a cerebral vascular accident, but um, an accident. An accident. That's nice. But, 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 a, but a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, brings it on too. I mean, basically anything from like a bike accident to a war wound to collapsing, singing karaoke in a, a dive bar in Scotland. All of these things can bring it on. I mean, I... and I So was at the, epic. Yeah, the like, peak uh, of my young life. I was not ill. I was not out of shape. I, I didn't have a bad diet, like all these things that they're like, well, if you are major smokers or you, you know, take a lot of cocaine, like there's, there are things that can bring it on (laughs) as a young person. And I, I was just not in that risk category. It was probably
1: I'm starting yeah. to wonder why do we don't all have a
2: <laughs> Well, you mean it, aphasia is brought on by the the Sorry, I, aneurysm. The
0: aneurysm, yeah. Yeah, but Schaefer uh, just saying that he and I are maybe in higher risk categories.
2: Uh, oh hey guys, it's true. Like I'm gonna talk to my kids about that. I'm like, hey, if you wanna experiment with like uh psychedelics, fine, but you are predisposed to weak neurological blood vessels and we don't want to burst them so my, my wife with cocaine
1: lay off the coke and the meth yeah. my, my
0: wife's mom had a, a one that didn't burst and that they that they got in there and took care of
2: it's complicated and, and, sometimes and, they they don't do it sometimes it's more risky to to operate on it mm-hmm. you know so you can know uh, and, and actually aneurysms are so much more common than most people know because we don't do a lot of brain scans for people who are not ill already But there has been um Sorry, we're, we're not in a conference, but can I talk about something? No, pretend like it's
0: a conference pra- okay, Wait, wait practice your best conference material in three, two,
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, actually that's how I came to texas remember I was working on I was doing a conference yeah. <laughs> um No, I, so basically there was a a study done in Scandinavia that where they were pulling people off the street uh, to, to give a brain scan to everybody just to get a baseline of well, how common are aneurysms in brains? Um, and it was about one of every 50th person actually has one. So like anytime you're in a supermarket, when we all see each other again, when we're in like, we're in crowds again, when that happens, like one out of 50th person actually has an aneurysm. But only about now. I haven't revisited this this statistic for a while, but I'm pretty sure it's one of twenty five thousand that has an aneurysm rupture. Um, it's been a while, so forgive me if that that number is wrong. I have to revisit that one. But like it's it is the dis, this the disparity is huge. So basically, you can have an aneurysm and live and die with it, never dying from it. Um, it's, it's not as grave as it seems on first blush, but it, I mean, obviously the way we, we mythologize them. I mean, I think especially neurotic people who spend a lot of time in New York, like aneurysms are somehow like, they, they, they like, they loom large somehow. People like talk about aneurysms, like, don't do that. No, give me an aneurysm. Like...
0: I don't, I don't, don't, don't be lulled into thinking that only neurotic people live in New York.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sorry.
0: Exactly.
2: It can, it can, you can spread it all out. I,
0: the fear of aneurysm pervades small town America as well.
2: <laughs> Does it? I don't know what people think about that. Sort of thing, for neuro- No,
0: I, listen, I'm kidding. The flyover states are not educated enough to.
1: <laughs> ne- Neurosis can, can manifest themselves in a lot of different ways.
2: Uh, I spent a lot of like time... Like starting
1: a podcast.
2: <laughs> I know. I want to hear the origin stories of this, but maybe I have to go to episode one. Maybe that's my that's my homework.
1: We did. We actually recorded our origin. We... <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, this
1: the... <laughs> the first episode is probably the conversation we should have had about a month before starting a podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so... <laughs> I did hear you go talking about, like, the cover art. Like, what a... What would it look like? <laughs> what, what's the graphic design of our podcast?
1: <laughs>
2: I heard that conversation. Yeah, it
1: was, it was around episode eighteen or so. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, Lauren, it I is. have a, I have a question. Uh, yeah. Kind of just, you know, you and I had that great in-depth discussion in Houston, but I mean, that was probably five years ago now. Would be my yeah. anyway. Doesn't matter.
2: Three hour, three, three years, I think. Maybe
1: so. Uh, but you you're, you were kind of, you had this, uh, I don't know what age your kids were then, but they weren't, I don't think they were even talking. So
0: uh,
1: I was sort of specifically, and I've watched my brother. You know, my brother has a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Matthew's got kids that have been growing up. All of my friends have kids. I, I think, uh, and you are in a particular position to, what as you watch them learn, uh, just kind of see what's going on in their head, uh, associating certain things with certain words, and maybe some words are harder to grasp for a child than others. Uh, have you noticed, have you been maybe keeping track of that sort of thing, or what What do you have to say about that?
2: I wish I was more forensic about it, to tell you the truth, um, just because I think we are all, especially during this pandemic, are like flying by, They say the seat of your pants, is that how you say that? Seats of
0: pants, yes, uh-huh.
2: That is a weird one.
0: It's the turn of phrase. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you oh you lost all your idioms. Oh, and idioms became so literal to you. That's right.
2: Yeah, yes. uh, so when I when I said that I was like is that like a fly like a, a no, magic carpet? Too. Is that like a magic <laughs> carpet thing? That that's no, what I was that's, That's what I was thinking. That is what I was thinking when I was saying, like flying by the city." Grant set up magic carpet thing. No, no,
0: it's where you have a magic butt, and your butt flies. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't fly. But you're attached to your butt, so you fly.
2: <laughs> so your butt takes off, and you just follow it.
0: My parents uh, were always like, "It's good that your butt is attached, or you lose <laughs> it."
2: <laughs> um. All right. Yes, I, I, I was saying, I wish I could have followed every development with my kids with the great attention that I really have for it. And I had more opportunities with that with my firstborn. And I did, I do did see, uh, there's this great book called, um, it's got two different names in England and here. I think in, in America it's called A, A Thousand Days of Wonder. The guy's named Charles Fernio who was talking about the first 1,000 days of his daughter's life and basically how language came online in her, in her brain and how it changed her as a person. And basically he says, like, well, she, she, doesn't, she didn't really think very much until she had words. Like, like, what she was doing was just sort of living and operating, but she wasn't really thinking. And now that's, again, super controversial. But, like, I, I just watched um, – I certainly watched when my child – Acquired his own neuroses his uh, his own hang-ups and it was a it was often uh, <laughs> Reflected in the words he used like it was like he was really worried about something and I was like wow that's the thing!" like all right You know, um, it, but it was shaping that you know <laughs> Like a coyote, right? I said the word coyote to my kid because he was pantless a lot of the time
0: Do you mean but, a smuggler of humans?
2: No, I'm talking about like, uh, okay
0: <laughs> okay
2: okay okay that's the one uh and I was like I you know like, Isaac man like a coyote is gonna bite your butt <laughs> um and hey, but it's not that impossible that the coyote would be here because I mean they've certainly been in our yard uh, they're not they're, they're not really a threat right his butt is safe but well, uh, like coyotes were, like said, they looked really large. Mm. And I said all sorts of things that didn't stick, but you know, that one stuck for a while, and that just it shaped a lot of other categories for he would compare things to coyotes. And that's interesting. It's, it's interesting in how what language does, like language makes, like I said, this period in which things were not concrete, basically, they were all ephemeral, they just sort of moved in and out like like a, like a breeze would just sort of push parts of my personality around very easily. Uh, and when you work with language uh, as, you know, so intently, it makes it much more concrete, like it's objects suddenly, you know, things have dimensions, they have depth, they've got, you know, They've got, uh, you know.
1: I was just thinking about, sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking yes. about the, actually just the word neuroses. There are real neuroses, uh, you know, that that come on for hard and concrete reasons. And then there are other ones that are, uh, you know, maybe more abstract. And then you wonder, would you even have those neuroses if you didn't already know about the existence of neuroses
2: <laughs> well the best thing is I have less neuroses how about that like I'm not I am not like i um, I'm not a shaman uh, and I, I certainly haven't like gotten to a plane in which the, the concerns of the world do not concern me especially in the last four years oh they they concern me greatly uh, but I do notice when it happens I do notice when I, the hamster wheel starts to run in hmm. and I'm, like, and, and I, and I'm pretty sure by the time when Schaefer and I were, were becoming friends uh, in in my mid twenties, um, I, I think I believe that, you know, positive thinking, there's an air quotes. You can't say that, uh, for, for, for the listener, uh, you know, positive thinking or, um, was hokey, <laughs> or uh, a, a negative tel- self-talk was actually um, not pessimistic, but realistic. you like, you got to in- interrogate yourself and like the world is hard and you got to be able to, you know, look at it in the face like that. And, and and then I realized when I was, you know, building myself up layer by layer, you know, from truly from like the foundations, I, I realized that some of that was optional and that it wasn't actually insightful. A lot of that Hamster wheel stuff is not smart. It's 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 neurotic. It's things that are like things that concern you. I, I would say it's important to be able to criticize yourself. It's important to to notice when something is glaring and upsetting about yourself, right? But you got about two solid minutes of that. That's okay. And okay, it's wait, wait. after that, not wait. so good.
0: Wait. So yes. what you just said, the last few sentences, are like <laughs> what this podcast
1: is about. They, uh, they
0: yeah, they, yeah, like <laughs> directly
1: applied to an extensive conversation Matthew and I had today. Yeah,
0: like we, we, well, but not, ju- but not just today. Like we've talked about this on the podcast before too. Like, um, I've, I have said that in my youth, I was a hardline realist in my mind.
2: Ooh. Yeah, but that really
0: negativity was holding me back, and I thought that the power of positive thinking was hokey. And then I and then I met my wife, and I was like, "Oh, I've really, I've been screwing (laughs) this up." You know, like there's nothing wrong with the power. And and you talking about uh, this experience and this change making you less neurotic, like that's so attractive. (laughs) You know, like it's. I mean, it's it's it's. It's such a great like I go back to what I said earlier. It was like it's your body and your life just taking care of you Right or or the or the spirit of you know or the force. I don't know
2: (laughs) Well, I'm glad I'm in good company. I'm glad that this was a conversation that's been happening you
0: you are like so Apropos you're so on time right here First
2: guest ever
0: let me um (laughs) can I I want to quote you right now and this is from The Illusionist. All right. And you said, vanity and delusion can be really... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I was starting again. I love this. Vanity and delusion can be a really fantastic combination when you're going through a brain injury. Uh, can we use that for a tagline on the podcast?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I wanted some uh...
0: Vanity so and delusion. Like when when I tell people about my podcast, it would be like, "Vanity and delusion can be a really fantastic combination."
2: Still <laughs> on some t shirts. T shirts. What's your
0: podcast about?
2: Vanity and delusion, mainly. Mainly.
0: Wait, is your <laughs> is your betrothed an Englishman?
2: He's not betrothed. We're married, and uh, he. Oh, is that
0: before you're married, betrothed?
2: Yes, but sure, but okay.
0: Sure, right. Oh, so okay. Sorry, right. Yeah.
1: This is the part of the show where Matthew gets word lessons from the girl who suffered, vision Oh, it's super fun.
2: <laughs> super fun. I, I'm, I've been told that it's a little contagious. <laughs> so people around me, they're like, like, they can't use idioms. I've <laughs> lost
0: my idioms. I'm j- Lauren, I'm just around you. I lose my idioms.
2: No, it's true. I say something like, Is that the CD of your pants? and they're like, They're like. Um, Seat yeah. of
1: France.
2: They're Good. like, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think so. It's a
1: yeah. How would anybody say that? <laughs> okay, Amelia Bedelia.
2: <laughs> I know. I've been living a lot of Amelia Bedelia. My husband is from Lebanon. My husband is from Beirut. Okay. Yeah. We met in Beirut. Oh, cool. <laughs> we go from brains to to Beirut to babies. It's it's been a very alliterative journey.
1: The three Bs: yeah. brains, Beirut, and babies.
2: Doesn't everyone have it?
1: What our podcast is all about. <laughs> uh, I wanted just before we get too far from it, uh, just and I, I'm wait, sorry.
0: but wait, I wanted to go back to. I had an England question. You guys lived oh. in the. You guys lived in the Crystal Palace area. We did. Do yes. you su- do you support Crystal Palace?
2: Sure, I'm not. You, you do. I'm not You're, a big football fan, but okay. I but I always. I mean, from from the beginning, I'm for an underdog. And yeah. Crystal Palace is is much more that than you know. They're manager. a classic underdog. Yep. yeah. Yeah, sure. and like they had just been elevated to the Premier League while you were there. Right. Their their mascot is a bald eagle. I don't know. I, I was just like, okay, I can be for this team. I, they're
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. They're, no, they're a fun team. I like it a lot.
2: Yeah. You you follow the Premier League?
0: I do. I do. Right. I do. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Chelsea man. We've had these discussions I, in our discussion today where I was having a, a crisis. Um, we've talked about on this podcast how I, I used to do fantasy Premier League soccer <laughs> on the computer, like a fantasy football thing.
1: No yeah. one should ever do that.
0: It's, yeah. it, we had a discussion today about how I can't keep things in perspective. <laughs> I, had to, I had to quit fantasy Premier League soccer because I couldn't, I couldn't just be a game. And that's how <laughs> I'm feeling about podcasting now, too. But that's neither here nor there. I, I wanted to ask you another thing on your bio, right. on your website it says that A Stitch of, a stitch of Time is your first book. It came out in 2017,
2: 2018? Um, that's a great question. When was your published I, date? I, I, I think, uh, oh, we've been living through a lot of stuff. I don't know. Okay, maybe. listen, we want to encourage I think, y'all. I, I, think it was, I think it was 2016 was the hardback and I think 2017 was the paperback.
0: Okay. We we want to encourage all of our listeners to go on Amazon and, and buy Lauren's book, A Stitch or, of Time.
2: Or or your local book purveyor, who is probably at, at their uh, much less traffic these days, support your indies.
0: Right, yes, I didn't mean to send our listeners to a global behemoth that's um, destroying all of our lives slowly. But. <laughs> But I know it says, uh, your bio says A Stitch of Time is your first book. Are you working on your second book?
2: Nope. Okay. <laughs> Schaefer, Schaefer, are you working on your second book?
1: Uh, yeah, always. I'll be working <laughs> on it for the rest of my life, I think.
0: Schaefer's yeah. second book is the chronicles of this podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, I've actually written my second and third book. I just haven't sent them out for publication.
0: But but you're working with aphasia patients.
2: Uh, I was in London. Uh, my, you know, when you have a, a debilitating injury in the prime of your life, it is very hard to kind of um, jump start in a normal place. Um, it, it's just hard. Like, pe- you look a certain way and people think that you're doing certain things by that point. Um, so... You know, I, I I didn't. Sorry, this is a, an alarm. I will turn off. Um, if you
0: need to get that, it's okay. We'll wait. We will no. pause. We can pause the podcast. You can take that call. We can. vamp.
2: It, it's not a. It's not.
0: A, <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: It's not a call. It's an alarm okay. to remind me to give one of my kids some medicine.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh no! There. Hey guys, there's a there's a kid that's not getting their medicine because of this interview. Isn't <laughs> no, this the greatest here. interview?
2: Like, I, it's a reminder. I've written it down after the interview.
0: Okay, we'll remind you right at the end of the interview.
2: Dear, dear, dear listener, I, I've, I've made a note on a piece of paper. It is in <laughs> it is in my face at the end of the interview. Okay, I'm but
0: sorry I to interrupt. Okay.
2: There's no interruption, it's, it's all fun. Um, but I have no idea what we're talking about beforehand. It's gone.
0: It was so profound. You were, <laughs> wait, <laughs> Shafi, what was she talking about?
1: We uh, <laughs> we had gone back to London and we were talking about aphasia patients. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right.
2: Okay, so it was, it was like a, it's a hard it's a hard beginning again. So like when I was there, I was working pretty closely, and uh, I, I worked a lot of hours. I was very involved there, but it wasn't actually a paying job. And um, what was cool about the job was the my the what had been its ethos was that. Um, Aphasia does not affect intelligence, and and when it was formed, uh, which is true, um, although it depends on how you define intelligence, um, they put people with aphasia in in positions of power, like in managerial roles. Um, And when my boss was leaving, he wanted me to take over. And I thought, oh, okay, finally, this is when I, like, get to have a life again. Like, I, I, I was working on the book, so I knew a, a paycheck was coming through that because I had gotten um, some some advance. But, like, I didn't have a normal life. I mean, it took almost 10 years to have, a, like, a really kind of what is recognizable to somebody as, like, I, I, you know, a traditional I don't know what to call it. it like, I've, I had an acting life before, too, so that was considered a, not traditional, too, but, like, it, it, you just, you're off, you're off, the wheels have gone off your vehicle, and you are trying to, like, <laughs> locate these wheels or put something in their place to, to keep moving. So, uh, yeah, so that job did not come through. And I thought, God, if I can't get a job designed for somebody with aphasia to work with people with aphasia like how am i ever going to be part of a workforce again like who's like how is this going to happen you know and it did happen like it's actually it was great i worked with kids who've been um impacted by incarceration for a while and now I'm, i'm working as a director of communication at a um at a high school uh, so, like, I've gone from a person who couldn't say words to a director of communication, and I do not think that's a paradox. I think that is deeply in line with each other about mm. how I think about it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Business. You understand communication better than anyone.
2: But, it, but like, it, it, you know, it was not normal. It was not easy to get back into anything that was, uh, as far as a work life. It was not. This didn't happen just, that way.
1: uh the communication then gets me back to uh something i, I just want to go back to the thing with your kids uh and i i'm i i don't know how to word the question exactly but you know when we talk about language forming ourselves like does your perspective you know we talked about you see, realizing that you know he all, he all of a sudden became worried about coyotes but does your perspective do you I don't know. Do you try to influence anything in any way, or do you try to? Does it affect the way you talk to them, or like, can you see something in advance and maybe change it for them? Or I, I, I don't know. I'm looking for something here that I know might not be there, but uh,
2: no, I think I know what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> again, like let's remember we're going through a pandemic and we're all just trying to get to the next thing. Sure. So, um, so. My parenting is is not as poetic and soulful as I, you know, <laughs> imagined at one point. No, no, it's like I want to be clear about it. Like, there's moments that I have daydreamed with my child and watched systems turn on, and um, yeah. it, like I, I, there, there have moments that I think I have see have a perspective that no one else would have, and I, and I have had the same level of language at as my children at some point, you know, there's yeah. like, oh, he's exactly where I was, you know, that happened with my first son, my, my other son is only one, so he doesn't really say words yet, but there was a period when I was aware that Isaac had about 50 words, and I was like, oh, there, there I am, like, what is it, what is this side by side, you yeah, know, yeah.
1: Cool. what is it, That's... what is
2: it, to, what is it to be someone who is still developing everything else in addition to those words. And what is it to be someone who had those words kind of random? Like the, my journals appear in the book, so you can see the words I said, and they're, they're weird. They're a hodgepodge. They're not like, oh, of course, the most practical words came right back. It was like, narwhal was up there really early. Like, it
0: was like <laughs> Narwhal is a crucial word.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was in the first, 70, first 75 words. Uh, and what the word was not, by the way. Uh, for a while, brain. I wasn't in there for a long time. Wow. Uh, neither was sad <laughs> or mad. You, like, you know, you know it's, 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 weird. it's weird <laughs> to watch those things that come on and, like, uh, and what a kid needs more. I mean, uh, our friend Rachel who introduced us, this is not hate, this is low. I actually saw her today. She comes to my house quite a bit. She right. also has a little one. Um, I, she had an episode of the Babysitter's Club uh, and she had an aphasia episode she did not tell me that was coming and I was like, oh! oh shit. I, I, she did a good job but there was, I, I was like oh, she should have asked me as a script consultant on this one point because, on. yeah, there, there is a, a thing about aphasia that also is the same with children which is the connective tissues of language is the last thing that comes in So, is, in, at, you know, know, conjoining words, words that, you know, put the rest of the sentence together. Kids come up, same with people with aphasia, like, they come up with um, nouns, like, way more than anything else, like, and it is beautiful to watch a child, and I'm not saying that people with aphasia are, um, so, they're... I am not going to infantilize people with aphasia, but there is something that happens in language um, development where you you see people who have, they don't have fluent speech, at, and they are trying to piece things together. And it is, to to a, a, a hat tip to my friend Schaefer Hall, It is it is absolutely poetry. When you watch people who every intention to get something out and they're working with a limited score. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Every parent has seen it. And and every person who has lived with someone with aphasia um, has seen it. It, It's And and it feels so much more than people who can just string words together in a a simple and easy way. It's just great. So uh, I don't know why that came up. Per se but like at my not- brother's
1: at my brother's house we still call particularly when we're having dinner because there's a window right by the dinner table and that's you know the Sun goes down and then there are reflections of us mm. and we still refer to those as shadow people because yeah. that's what Dottie called called them when she was a little you know, she, you know when she was a little girl she pointed at them we like shadow people mm-hmm. and there's <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's all things like that. There's, I mean, she
1: didn't have the word reflection.
2: I think I used the word embarrassing. uh, (laughs) There were a lot of spoonerisms where, like, I couldn't get words, uh, the right word, but like I created words, and my dad was like, "Wow, that is a very specific thing," and like way better than embarrassing and boring. I get, I know what embarrassing is. I totally, I totally know what that is. and, and there was lots of those. There's there's a lot of those. So I just uh, it, it's. So we were talking about Rachel and the babysitters club. Very well done. Everyone should see it. Uh, but the episode well, we've seen
0: it now. by the way.
1: Okay.
0: Sch- Schaefer and I have both seen it. It's I mean funny. the. the, the we 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 already had a talk about the babysitters club. We're, we're, we're big
1: fans of BSC around here. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, It's very fun. But I I like that was something that she missed, and you have to really be in the like deep in the trenches to know, like it's those things that don't really like. If you were in a conversation with people with aphasia, and there's rare exceptions, uh, but most of them, it's just a lot of nouns. It's people trying to, and sometimes. Really beautiful adjectives. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell you an ex- example. I actually told this at that that conference in Houston that brought me to to Texas. Uh, I was pregnant with my first son there, and I hadn't seen one of these guys for a while, Gerald. And uh, he was about mm, seventy or so. And a lot of these people were very like they were huge professionals before their strokes most of them have had strokes. that's often what brings aphasia on. Um, and I'd gone to plays with Gerald like he's you know he's an esthete like he like, he likes culture he, he's a, a thoughtful dude but he's very limited in the words <laughs> he has through the door and I you know I was visibly pregnant, probably seven months pregnant and and he went oh fuck. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, oh, I don't love that. Okay. All right, Gerald, I get what you mean. I'm not fat and pregnant, but yes, right? And he's wow. like, yes, yes, fat. And I was like, um, okay, that's fine. It's, cool. it's pregnant, but it's, it's like, I know. I was like, okay, it's like, okay, it's like, okay, not fat, not fat, not fat. Fat? <laughs> I was like, no, it's fine. Please. It's really okay, Daryl. It's fine. And he's like, no, no, no. And I just watched him like, like really just like bring up this wellspring. He's like really like closed his eyes, like meditated on it. He was like blooming. And I was like, oh my God, like that's actually so beautiful. It is way better than pregnant. Like I was in bloom. I was like, uh, you know I, I was really moved by that way of like trying to congratulate me you know like he, he, didn't, he wasn't trying to say I hope you lose that fat someday <laughs> you know he was like he was just trying to you know identify it and that that's that's that absolutely is something I pay attention when I hear my kids go through these stages now Isaac is turning out to be of course incredibly verbal even though his his um father English was his third language, but we speak mainly English, uh, between, between he and I and the kids, we speak exclusively English. That would not be my choice. He, he just doesn't speak other languages with the kids. They hear, they hear it and speak it a bit with their, uh, my mother-in-law and, my, uh, and their auntie, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's really, really beautiful. It, is, it remains beautiful. Uh, and now Isaac is at the age where he wants to ask certain questions that are you know something a word or an image sticks with him and then it's clear that like he's got the gears working hard hard like and and like th- then there's implications you know it's not just <laughs> things that are happening it's like oh and that must mean this like <laughs> it, it's beautiful but I will say again we're trying we're in the trenches and again I want to tell you what's real I my kids are also very, very physical. Like, I thought I was going to lay in the grass with my kids, looking at the stars. Like I was going to tell them it was cool to wear tutus even when they were boys. I thought it was going to be like dre- dre- daydream central. Like I am. No,
0: you have to protect yourself.
2: I am gone. I got like, an almost broken nose twice yeah. yesterday.
0: Yeah. Twice. You have, you have two boys? Yeah. Yeah, dangerous
2: so dangerous they're like I, and i'm like I, I have to like prep am like i love you i love you i love you not okay not not okay like no hitting no.
0: there's so much stuff that you don't think about and people don't tell you about they shine you on all the time <laughs> with oh children are so wonderful it's like, <laughs> no. lauren I, I wanted to ask you about uh the process of publishing your book and like marketing your book. What was that like? What was um, that like? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. That's the answer I wanted to hear. It sounds uh, brutal. It sounds brutal. Like a-
1: Sounds you know, brutal to me too.
0: Like a press junket nightmare.
2: Um, let's see. Um, listen, it's all I did for a very long time. Yeah, right. right. So um, I, I, I'm sure I would have been fine if it didn't get published, but I had every belief that it would because I thought it's too weird. <laughs> like it, it matters to people. There are people who care about words, learning about someone who lost There are people and- that
0: care about karaoke
2: <laughs> and karaoke
0: related injuries.
2: <laughs> I think it's a smaller subset, but I a devoted what? one. A what? very vehemently <laughs> devoted group. I thought that was yeah. a
0: universal experience.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to. I, 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 it's In some ways, that's the most boring thing. I mean, like, I did all the things. I did the things you do. Um, and because I didn't have other things to do, I didn't yet have kids. I didn't have a regular job. You know, I I lived with this, evolving version of myself and chronicling that until it was uh, legible to other people. Like there, I mean, there were certain, there was a, when people say, oh, it's the second draft or third draft, I mean, like, I don't even know how you would say that. It was how many drafts for that book? I mean, it could have been dozens of drafts, really. And and there's this person, here's a great example that is unique to, I think, for someone who's working from an injury as opposed to just a, a fiction because in many ways books are not that different from each other they have to be themes. they have to be organized they have to they have to do certain things like the difference between fiction and nonfiction is not great um even doing a version of yourself is is a is a, a fictionalizing event whether or not you're trying to be as close to the truth as possible you still have to have a version that you know comes out in some sort of uniform way um but There were parts where I was, and I would actually like to ask Schaefer a question in a minute because he actually engaged with me at at some of these earlier stages and I would like to know what he thought then, but I...
0: that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I want to ask him that, but I I just remember I did not relate to the person I had been, you know? (sighs) I really didn't think I was... I knew we had the same body. I, I knew we were the same... Uh, of the same molecular cellular material, but I didn't understand. I, I I really referred to her as her. I like, I did not understand. Wow. What, and, and, and like it, it was, it was hard to access my memories. And when I did, I was like, why would someone think that or do that? Uh, and, and uh, and, and when I wrote the book, you know that ref, that that is reflected in the many versions of the book. It's like there was a very late version of the book, at least a year or two before it came out, in which I didn't I didn't use the word I when I was talking about pre aneurysm, like time. I used she, her, um, and that was too hard for people. At some point, I got enough. I was I was I was, distanced enough from the event, to not feel so um divided at that point but for a long time it was the only way i could write the book was thinking that these are two different people and i'm the other side of it um
0: don't we all do that though like like you did it in one moment a cataclysm like a like in geology ge- geology it's like a an earthquake or a volcanic incident but don't we all like become a different person like in Absolutely. seven in seven okay, years, can, you replace yourself.
1: I can uh, I can chime in here because uh, I, I was just thinking about that when when Lauren mentioned you know talking to me in the early days. Uh, I like go over the
2: phone, right? We had a phone conversation in New yeah. York.
1: One specific right? thing I remember is you asked you were kind of asking me about times when you like you might have not necessarily been the best friend or um times when you when you felt like you might have hurt me mm. and that's something that you know when people people when people just feel like they're they've gone through a life change would have but they're a different person then they might go out and apologize for that and you know my inclination would, you know and first of all there, you you didn't there's not really any time in our relationship when that ha- when that would have happened but you know, my, gen- my general inclination is to, you know, even if two people in a relationship do have some sort of problems, don't worry about it, you know.
2: And,
1: you know, when you first were asking me about this, I thought you were, I thought you were coming from the normal, uh, you know, going through a normal change, wants to apologize for something. And I was like, no, don't worry about it. But then the way you kept asking me, I finally I realized you were like trying to figure something out about your past self Mm -hmm. and uh that's when then i i think you know i went into a little more detail with it um and it was it was hard because like i saw you like kind of getting hurt by it and uh and i was like really this is not something that you absolutely have to worry about like (laughs) i'm just giving you these details because i know you feel like you need them and uh and it was honestly not a big deal but that was the difference between you know just like we all go through you know, change we become you know, more mature human beings and that makes us different from the way we were before. We feel bad about things, you know, and maybe we'd like to address them. But this is an entirely different thing, you know, that, that you were going through. And that's that was something Fair like yes. talking to you was definitely also learning about you and uh, and trying to understand the way things trying to understand things from the way you understand them. And uh, you know, it wasn't always easy, but it was definitely it was definitely rewarding.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a I was with a, a boyfriend at the time, and and I had a a really more intense version of that that was going on and on. Where I was like, I need to know what we used to fight about. Like, I need to know what our conflict <laughs> was, and because I knew we had I knew that we had had a lot of ups and downs, but I couldn't really remember them. And I needed him to use the the same language that we would use. Like, can you just say what we would say? <sighs> And I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not angry. And he was like he really was upset about it. He was like, I don't want to revisit the past. I've got a new, we've got to, like clean slate, we're starting all over. And I was like, I need... Ultimately, it was one of the reasons why I think it was probably it was would eventually end anyways. But um, it it was it was a big conflict because it ended up feeling like I was. Um, he had the control. Like he had. All the versions, and he got to choose, you know, what to share and not to share. And I, and that I would just, um, that I, how could I prioritize it if I didn't remember why it mattered? Basically, (laughs) that's a very sinister laugh, Matthew.
0: I'm a sinister individual. No, I, I, I'm, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for it to be sinister. I'm
2: not crazed. It was a feeling lab. What was? What were you thinking?
0: Um, I was just thinking how much I've had to drink. I was thinking about how much I've been. <laughs> 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 uh, I was thinking about idioms and how our show is almost entirely idioms.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We're gonna do some of the quiz. I we, we can't do this forever, right? Let's let's move off me and on to what you think the origins did, of certain videos are. Right?
0: I did I did think that that like you had um, done all this media about your condition and we would talk about it for like ten minutes and then we would get on uh, to right. the fun get on to the fun stuff and we did you know a good uh, hour. You could cut
2: it. You could cut it all. <laughs> no, I think
0: no. It's it's the best part of our show thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's
0: that's <laughs> people. Our listeners are going to be enraptured like never before. So, no, no, I think no. Thank you again for talking to us and being open about all that. And, and
1: yeah, I I, mean, I, I think, had the same idea. I, you know, I was like, well, we can go through the the books already covered it we can go through that in 15 yeah. minutes yeah, I thought then, we were
0: just like breeze through that.
1: I had some specific questions I wanted to ask you and then, you know, we could maybe, you know, do stuff beyond, but it's it's, it's an interesting story no matter what and you it's know it's fascinating. I know the I know the story, you know, in uh, several different versions now too, uh and it's still enjoyable to talk about it all the time. Um it's also fun it's also fun to read the book, not just because I'm in it.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, he, he also um uh, moderated the conversation in Houston. He had some good questions. oh cool Very- that was intense. Oh. I didn't realize that
1: that room was going to be full of people who had suffered <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking, all right, this is a literary conversation. I'm going to talk to her about <laughs> symbolism poetry. and poetry <laughs> and what words mean, and then yeah and, which was yeah. Fine. it was it was great for me. it was a really. Exciting evening, and it kept me on my toes, Lord knows. But yeah, that whole room was, uh, yeah.
2: You never know, though. You just never know. I I, was the
1: one guy in the room who didn't understand, and I was the moderator.
2: (laughs) 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 No, there were a lot of people who did not have brain injuries. But yes, it's a mixed bag. There were times where there were crowds when everyone wanted to know how you published the book, which you asked the question, you know. Went to a lot of right, like had people read it over and over and over again, send it out to people. Eventually an agent said, yes, that sounds interesting. Then an agent sends it to publishers. You know, many people say no, one person says yes.
0: Okay, like, okay, wow.
2: You know, and, that's, and when people ask me that literary question, I was like, it's, okay, I, the, it's pretty boring. <laughs> um, yeah, it, is, it is. It is. No, I mean, no.
0: That's fascinating to me because I thought I just assumed that it was so interesting that it that like you were. I mean, you're talking about this process by which you were looking for a publisher and the you know an agent, and the, but to me it, it seems like oh that's a. If if I was an agent, I'd be like, that's a hit. <laughs> Go.
1: It does. It does seem to me like your book should be different, Lawrence. People should be like, wow, this is a one in. You know, this is one of the only times this has ever happened in history. Yeah. So of course we'll publish the book, you know? Yeah. It makes it makes well, sense.
2: Well, I remember, and this is not, oh, I didn't, I mentioned it to Schaefer, but uh, there was a time it, really early on in the first year or two after the injury, I had enough language to have normal conversations. Like I knew that I had a lot to work on, but most people didn't know. And uh, I, a friend from NYU uh, was I think working with a publishing house? Two two different people worked in publishing houses, uh, and and they wanted me to meet somebody from that house. And yeah, they were so interested. And then I showed something to them, and they were like, "Oh fuck, no!" They didn't say that to me, but like, I was really damaged. I was very impaired. The book doesn't. It didn't make sense. Even conversation is different than writing. You know the logic. And the, and, the, uh, and the architecture of writing a book is different than a conversation. And people think that it's that simple. It is not. It is very, 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 very different. So these people would have a conversation with me and thought, oh God, we're going to get this great book. And both of those people actually had an option. Like the, when I did have an editor, uh, I did have an agent and sent it out to several houses. Both of those people who I spoke to in the first year saw it and said no. Not even just the first time; the second time, they're like, "Eh."
1: Wow.
2: Still a hard pass. (laughs) Having,
1: I honest, honestly, Lauren, uh, having read the book, that I find that astounding.
2: That's. (laughs) Well, thank God for you.
0: It just goes to show there's a lot of ignorant agents and publishers out there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what about that? What about that Jean Doe Balbi and the the butterfly and the
1: it sounds, you know, it sounds like a cheeky joke, but uh, Lauren, now you know that you've done it. Yeah, the the administration is the worst part of writing, right? You know, there's, yeah. there's I can write all day. Like you're asking me about my second or third book, you know, I, I can write all day. But when it comes to putting something in an envelope, sending it out, dealing with editors, dealing with agents, dealing with publishers, like I, you know, I only send poems to people that are old friends of mine now which right. i'm very fortunate to be in that position you know that uh you know I, and you know some of my old friends still turn down poems too like that's not it's not always a sure thing it usually is but uh but yeah i i mean i i've i've never been good at that in addition to not liking it i've never been good at, good at that part part of the business so i understand completely
0: good thing we don't have to market this podcast okay um <laughs> Okay, uh, Schaefer tells me that you have a quiz for us.
2: I think we should probably shorten the quiz. It's a it's a it's a ten it's a ten. Is it question. because
0: wait? Is it because you're is it because you're busy,
2: <laughs> or be, or
0: because or you think we're busy? Because <laughs> we're not busy.
2: Um, I feel like I'm supposed to be demure and be like, "Oh no no it's it's not me." It's, if you're okay with it. No, it's, it's I, I'm thinking there's any any minute. I can have two screaming children or grandparent who is like, I'm done with holding your child.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, your kid kid needs his medicine
0: for God's sake. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, start the quiz. And if any of those things busted up or edit it,
1: that's fine. Any, any number
0: of quiz questions we're up for.
1: And anytime, anytime you're just like, guys, I got to go. That's fine. Yeah.
2: And we're okay with a multiple, a multiple question quiz. Yeah. All right. Um, so this is totally true. Like I did have a problem with idioms. I still do. I don't use them very often. And when I do, I second guess myself as I just did. Um, uh, so there was a period in which I picked up books of idioms to relearn them. And the only way that I could remember them was like the, the stories that were associated with them. So basically trying to guess what the origin story of this idiom so you can well, I think it's you're already gonna remember it. <laughs> but but it's always fun to know where our language came from. Uh and spoiler alert, a ton of it comes from um military and naval stuff.
1: Oh, and of, then and then the rest of, of it of comes millions. and the rest of it comes from Shakespeare.
2: a good a good chunk of it it's it was surprising i because i would come up with all these things um oh i'll I'll give you one that's not on the list and then we'll give it then we'll because it's a good one but like blowing smoke up someone's ass (laughs) that actually has a great origin story uh like 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 when like doctors did not yet have like a medical establishment and a doctor was just someone who was like comfortable with putting his like unwashed hand into your guts and, like, gave you a pill of some sort, you know, like, of, like, a leech on your, your groin. Um, In that time, they didn't know the, the most, like, uniform signs of life. So when people were in a coma or in, like, near-death states, they didn't really know, like, how they're dead or not. So... They Their way of seeing if someone was alive is they would put tobacco smoke into the billows, like one of those things that like goes in a fireplace, like, hee-haw, like one of those. Sure. Yeah. And they put it in someone's anus, and yeah. they blew the tobacco smoke in their ass if they woke up, they were alive. And oh. if not, they're probably not alive. Oh. <laughs> probably.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: but that comes to the word ring, de- dead ringers is because sometimes they actually were alive. They were just comatose. So like and the, the term dead ringers came from people who had bells on their hands when they went into a mausoleum. Like so if they woke up they could ring and whoever like whatever friar was you know uh, at at that graveyard could you know get them out
0: (laughs) these are the kind of things you learn on one magical hour
2: (laughs) okay so here we go we got a couple of them right um shall we do what is the origin of the phrase dead as a doornail one, the doornail is the solid stud against which a door knocker is stuck. The assumption is anything that takes such a constant pounding must be surely <laughs> lifeless. <laughs> um, two, uh, the doornail was a small viewing window in a prison cell door to slam the door nail shut. Uh, would to lock a a prisoner dead away. Those are air quotes. Uh, Three, there is a reference to the doornail used to be the nail down on the lid of a coffin. Or four, uh, this is a gross misquote of the phrase, dead as a dawn quail, a now distinct species of quail. It is in the same genre as dead as a dodo.
0: I'm gonna go with number three. It's I like
2: the lid of the coffin. Yeah, and Slipper.
1: I like number four.
2: You like number four?
1: Yeah, uh, the mis I believe, misinterpretation.
2: I I believe you're both wrong. I think it's uh, it was number one. Oof. Uh, the Doordale is a solid stud against the Doorknocker is stuck. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I was going to go with that one, but then the Coffin thing seemed more reasonable.
2: I'll tell you one of the ones. I actually knew this one. This was from my idiom book, so I'll give this one for you. Uh, What is the origin of the phrase, son of a gun? In early warships, so this is A. So one or A, let's say A. Uh, A, in early warships, space was limited, and sailors would often sleep between the cannons. Prostitutes and wives would sleep with the men, (laughs) and many babies were... Begat as a result, I like the word begat. They were known as sons of guns. (laughs) Uh, B, olden day seamen would often bring their young sons aboard as runners, bringing munitions and gunpowder to the cannoneers. These were called sons of guns. Uh, C, the bastard offspring of a so called shotgun wedding is a son of a gun. Or D. The son of a gun was the name given to the single bullet in a revolver used in a game of Russian roulette.
0: Again, again I'm, this is like a Scantron. I'm going to go C C C.
1: <laughs> I like. I definitely want. I definitely want it to be A. So I'm going to go with A. Uh, you
2: are right. Nice. Uh, I like that the the shotgun wedding one, but yeah. That that's where they got it on was. And
1: I, I like the
2: word.
1: I like the word "begat" too. My uh, my grandfather, who was a sailor in the navy in World War II, actually, uh, he referred to all of his grandchildren as the begats.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this sure. is a this is a five a five uh, question one. So we're at number three uh, of this five five uh, part. Quiz. Um, What is the origin of the phrase to let the cat out of the bag? A, the cat of nine tails aboard a ship was usually an intricate piece of leatherware. The captain would preserve it from the elements in a special bag. When ready to use it, he would let it out of the bag. B. An inscrupulous market trader dealing in suckling pigs might profiteer by selling a cat sealed in a bag. To let the cat out of the bag was to reveal his trickery. C. The master of the house, fearing a rodent infestation, would issue the order to staff to let the bag out of the bag, i.e., let the cat go hunting. Um, and D A vulgar term Shouted by the audience At a, a strip tease show Let the cats Out of the bag Oh dear Would <laughs> be to demand The brassiere To be removed <laughs> It's actually I a Brassiere Brassiere is actually A cafe <laughs>
1: right. I feel I feel like I'm <laughs> up on my Bosom slang So I'm not gonna guess
2: Cat I'm not gonna bag. guess D Uh
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with A because that's uh, that's because uh, uh, the naval terminology is going well with me.
0: I'll go with C again.
2: <laughs> oh, both both incorrect. Wow. It's B. It's the inscrupulous market trader. You huh. would put in like people wanted pigs because they would eat them, uh, and and they didn't really want to eat cats. Yeah, cats, cats are not could, good. Eaten. But <laughs> but cats could make a kind of. You know, they rustle around. Looks like maybe it, there's a pig in there. So,
1: okay. Um, thank you for explaining that. Because when you first read, I was like, that did not make any sense to me.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, I bet you're gonna know. Should I do the come up to scratch? I bet you'll know this one. Do you know that I, one already? I don't think so. Okay. So, what is the origin of the phrase "coming up to scratch"? This is question number four. Um, a derived from the monkey. A monkey that was not picking nits and fleas from himself was deemed clean and therefore up to scratch. B, in early boxing matches, the boxers had to stand with one foot touching a line scratched in the ground before each round. If they failed to do so, they lost the fight. C, a shoal of flying fish emerging from the water were said to be coming up to scratch by the old salts, i.e. fit and in their prime, or D, a crude and simple reference to the idol among us, uh, who would finally climb from the bed to do something more useful to improve themselves, i.e. they finally came up to scratch. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of judgment in that one.
1: Yeah, that's,
2: that's so the, uh, the idol among us. Uh,
1: which you know, they're they are there. Those those idol among us, those non those non podcasters and non book writers out there. Uh, I'm going with the boxing one. Is was
2: that a? That was B. B. Uh, what was a? Uh, derived from a monkey.
0: Oh yeah, no, I like the boxing one too. Yeah,
2: gentlemen. You're both correct.
0: Okay, so the score is two to one. Schaefer. Alright,
2: All right, so we're going to have to decide. Okay, let's do by hook Can or I by lead. crook.
0: By hook or by crook. Okay.
2: okay. A. This relates to piracy and the determination to latch one ship to another with a view to boarding the other. Uh, B. Relates to the days when the lord of the manor would grant rights to tenants on his land to gather firewood. The only wood that could be taken would be only reachable by a shepherd's crook or billhook. C, this simply relates to theft. A hook was a con artist or swindler as opposed to the less sophisticated crook. Uh, And D, the phrase relates to the gathering in of sheep in preparation for shearing.
0: Well, I think it's one of the shepherd's hook things. It's either B or D. Um,
2: and Schaefer?
1: I'm pretty sure it's B.
2: And, and, and have you decided B or D madam I'll go with B. This is, this is actually, this is great. It is, it is B. Ah. so I, I i i well i have a tiled tiebreaker but i think that means i don't i, I don't
1: think, I, read, I don't think we're tied i think schaefer wins i i know. didn't, um, I didn't yeah. know that specifically uh but i read john mcphee's book crofter and the laird about a uh, scottish uh you know scottish uh landlords and their uh and their uh crofters so i recognized some vocabulary that <laughs> That was not in, in general usage, <laughs> and uh, uh, even though I even though I didn't know the exact meaning of everything.
2: Well, when I go, you can give each other this quiz, and you can get to the the fun one from "Hoist with Your Own Petard." <laughs> oh, oh <I> ex-
0: <laughs> That's like uh, "hoist with That's your." That's own- Shakespeare. "Hoist with your own Picard" is from the Next Generation.
2: <laughs> totally, totally. We we hoist them. Oh, that was
0: fun no Schaefer wins and i mean he's a he's a worthy adversary i mean <laughs> I, I wouldn't i wouldn't expect to to best him in a turn of phrase tournament <laughs> these
1: quizzes these quizzes are not about winning and losing they're about exploring ourselves in our world and learning more about What's inside of us and what's you uh, keep telling yourself that, buddy? <laughs>
2: well, I will tell you that I I, I t- t- took this quiz myself and I and I had read many books okay, yeah. and I still got only five of them correct. So. Some tough
0: ones there. I, I mean, <laughs> the specific the specificity of some of the options are is a little misleading, I think.
2: <laughs> it's like a game of balderdash. You really just have to like put it all in there. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of the quiz. <sighs> soon.
0: That's fantastic.
2: Uh, I,
0: I mean, it, it's, uh, it's like, um, it's like one in the morning here now and I've had like um, seven beers through the course of this interview. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, uh,
2: not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we don't have to talk about brains. You know, you can invite me back next time. Mr. To help host a quiz,
1: yeah, you,
0: you could you could just be the occasional quizmaster.
1: Yeah, you're definitely welcome back anytime. It's been really fun. I've only had three beers, but they were seven percent. So oh, okay, I, I,
0: listen, I I didn't really have seven beers.
1: Pretty be all right. Um, hey, this isn't a contest to see who has the most beers.
0: Yeah, it's a contest to see who knows the most idioms. <laughs> <beforehand>. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for talking to us, for being cruel to Schaefer in your previous life.
1: <laughs> oh, come God! man. Thank you for agreeing to be our first guest, too. How does it feel <laughs> to be the first guest? First ever.
2: I'm excited. That is, a, it is a, very cool. a very, it's an honor and a thrill. How about that?
0: Thank you so much.
2: Um, and I, I'm enjoying listening. Um, I will listen more and uh, I look forward to all of your, your next guests who will only be almost as good.
1: Dude, oh, yeah. it's all <laughs> downhill from here. They won't hold a candle to use an idiomatic Hey,
2: expression. nice one. Wow. <laughs> don't hold a candle. I, if, if the candle's too close to you, do you get lit, lit on fire?
1: I mean... Don't,
0: don't
2: hold you,
0: Don't you need to hold a candle sometimes for light?
2: I know. Okay, that I, I just got an alert saying, What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, okay, all right.
1: We'll this is thir-
2: thir- 30 minutes longer than you said.
1: Okay, sorry. The, right. the, phrase, the phrase can't hold the handle has its roots in the 1600s when a lowly apprentice to a master craft might only be able to fit a hold of candle in order to bright light to the master, which stems their problem. See? An, apprentice, oh. apprentice,
2: oh.
1: an apprentice who was not even that's skillful that's enough that's that. to hold a candle was worthless indeed. There okay.
2: you are. All right, guys. I had a great time. We hope to talk to
0: you again. We love you. Bye. So nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you, too. I hope it's not the last time we meet.
0: Yeah.
2: Bye, all. Have a good day.